Turn with me to Acts chapter 9 and verse 32. Acts chapter 9 and verse 32. William Carey was the father of modern missions. Uh, he felt a call to go to a nation called India, and God gave him a great burden, even though the theology of those in his church went against his going. They told him, hey, if God needs to save the heathen, he'll save them on his own. He doesn't need you, William Carey, but he went anyway. Uh, he went despite the fact that there were no mission-sending agencies to send him. Uh, he went and stayed despite the fact of the slow time before conversions began to happen, uh, despite the fact of his wife's mental problems and then ultimately losing his writing and all of his books in a fire. He persevered. And God did a work through William Carey's life that impacted the nation of India. Jesus did a great work by going to the cross. He set his face toward the cross. Uh, he, in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed and earnestly sought the Lord. And then boldly, courageously went to the cross to pay for your sin and for mine. He fulfilled the purpose of God. You see, you and I have a purpose God has given us to fulfill, and we need to fulfill it. There's a lost world that needs to hear the gospel. Uh, God's people need the encouragement uh, from one another. Uh, and the scripture we're looking at today, uh, the Apostle Peter is traveling from Jerusalem, and he goes to uh, Joppa, uh, and he goes uh, to Lydda, and he is doing a work, and he heals a man in, in Lydda called Aeneas. Uh, and he says, Jesus Christ heals you. And, and he, he speaks to him, says, get your, get your stuff together, get up, and uh, go about your business. Arise, go about your business. And uh, so he does. And then he receives word uh, that a lady named Tabitha has died. And so they bring him. He goes to the upper room where she's laid. And he begins, he gets down on his knees in prayer. And he begins to call upon the Lord. Now, we're not told what he said, but uh, he calls upon the Lord. He gets up and he says, Tabitha, arise. And she sits up. He grabs a hold of her hand and lifts her up. And then he takes her. All these widows had been weeping uh, because uh, she had done so much for the widows in her city. Uh, he presents her alive. To them, and they're rejoicing. And uh, but you see, God had a purpose for Peter to fulfill at this time in his life. Uh, he had a purpose, and so Peter fulfilled that purpose. And you and I are called to fulfill the purpose that God has given us to fulfill. Uh, the title of my message is "Rising to the Challenge." Uh, one reason I use that term, "rising." is that the word arise is mentioned over and over again in this scripture. Um, it may not always be translated exactly the same, but in the Greek it is used a number of times here in this section. So look with me at verse 32. We'll read the scripture together. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came down to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, 
who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, Don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up and went with them. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs, and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and the widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with Simon a leather tanner. So rising to the challenge. How do we arise to the challenge? We need to arise in trust. We need to arise in trust. If you look at uh, verse 34, Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up. That same word, arise. Get up uh, and make your bed and immediately He got up. You see, to rise to the challenge and fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives, we've got to trust him with the next step he's calling us to take, right? God has a purpose for you, but he calls us to take a step. You remember the Israelites? They're going across the Jordan River into the promised land. But what did they have to do? Well, the river was at flood stage, and uh, unlike uh, today's Jordan River, which has a lot of irrigation that, that has greatly reduced its size, at that time it was a formidable place to cross. And God says, I want the Levites to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and as soon as they put the, their feet in the water, then the water will stand up in a heap and you will go across on dry ground. So in order for for God to do the work that he was wanting to do, they had to take a step of trust. They had to step into the water and get their feet wet a little bit, the Levites did, so that everybody else could have dry feet going across as God performed a great miracle. Uh, Sometimes it is just taking a simple step of faith. I remember one time God uh, was asking me, to ask a friend, uh, you know, can you really not help doing this? Okay? Because he kept saying, I can't help this, I can't help this. And uh, I, I was having an argument with God, but God wanted me to take a step of trust to reach this man and to help this man. And so I did. I finally surrendered. It took me three days to surrender. And I finally surrendered, and I asked him that question. The next time it came up, I said, can you really not help doing that? And, uh, and, and we had this great conversation about the Lord, but I had to take a step of trust. 
Uh, sometimes I've taken a step of trust, and I have not seen what God was doing with it. Have you ever done that? Where you obey God, and you're, you take that step of trust, but maybe you don't see the outward result of it right away. Sometimes God asks us to do things in faith, and we're just called to do those things and to trust Him with the results, right? Oftentimes, God works over time, and uh, our part may just be one little part in God's plan to accomplish His purpose. So we've got to arise in trust. So rising to the challenge, how? Well, we need to arise in trust. Secondly, we need to arise in time. We need to arise in time. Look at verse 38. They send these messengers to Peter. They say, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got up and went with them. So they're saying, hey, we want you to come right now. You know, we want you to, to uh, come right at this time. And so Peter got up and went with them. Now, I believe Peter listened to the Lord. Uh, I think of the story of Lazarus. You remember Lazarus? Uh, in this case, the messengers are sent to Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He waits for a couple more days. Lazarus was just sick, but now Lazarus has died, and Jesus says, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. What? What, what does that mean? And so Jesus comes Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mary says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Uh, they're, they're like, Lord, why didn't you come when we asked you to? Because it wasn't God's time. So sometimes people want you to do something, and it may not be God's time. Other times, it may be God's time. So we need to listen to the Lord. But what did Jesus do? He showed them a part of who he was. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, he who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. They got to understand Jesus in a whole new way because Jesus came at the right time. Uh, sometimes there's a right thing to say and a wrong time to say it. Can you testify to that? Have you ever said the right thing at the wrong time and immediately when it came out of your mouth you knew, uh-oh, I shouldn't have said this right now. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes we, we, you know, somebody's not ready to receive it, right? They're just not, maybe, maybe they're not open. Um, somebody once said, you know, uh, you probably need to wait till after you eat to discuss business at the, at the house, you know, so people are not grumpy and, and tired. And so uh, there can be a right time. But we need to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes God will put something on our heart to do, and he wants us to do it right then. Uh, this past week, I called someone. God just laid this person on my heart. I called him and, and had just the greatest conversation with him. I had to talk with him probably in a year and a half to two years. And, and we just had a great conversation. But uh, he told me that on his end, he had been praying. God, fulfill your purpose in my life today. And God put the two of us together on a phone call, and both of us were encouraged. Isn't it a wonderful thing what God can do if we'll listen to him? Uh, sometimes there is a need that we don't know about. I've, I've showed up on, on people's uh, doorsteps at times uh, to, to visit with them, and they said, 
boy, I needed to speak with you today. And I didn't know anything about it. Uh, but God had been working in their life, and there was a need there, and he laid them upon my heart, and God put us together at the right time. We had a, we had a lady uh, in a previous church that uh, was in a nursing home that I used to see from time to time. It had been a couple weeks since I'd seen her. And uh, I went in to see her, and she wasn't there, and her, her friend said, well, she's at the hospital. And so I said, well, what hospital? And she told me. And so I went to the hospital, and I walked in her room, and I had felt led. I had been redirected. I was going to go to the bookstore, one of my favorite places to go. And God redirected me to go see her. So I walk into that, I walk into that room, and she said, she big grin on her face. She said, I prayed that God would send you here today. Is that not neat? <laughs> you know, it, and, and God, God just, he knows when people are in need of something, when their hearts are ready. And so arise in time, because there, there can be a specific time that God wants to use you. So rising to the challenge, how? We need to arise in trust. Secondly, we need to arise in time. Thirdly, we need to arise to God's place. Look at verse 39. When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs. There was a specific place that Peter was to go to help this lady named Tabitha, also known as Dorcas. Depends on which language you're speaking. Uh, and uh, Peter goes to this room, and it is at this specific place that God fulfills his purpose through Peter's life. Right? Sometimes there can be a place that we need to be. Maybe it's a place of, uh, in, in the sense of uh, 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 an area of service, right? Maybe we're serving in this way and God wants us to move to a different place of service, right? We're, we need to begin serving in this way over here. Uh, and so we need to be sensitive to the Lord and allow God to redirect us in service. And He's done that in my life a couple of times. Sometimes there can be a geographical place that God wants us to go. Uh, it could be for a time. Uh, Megan and David right now are in the Dominican Republic uh, on a mission trip for about a week uh, during fall break. Uh, so they have a specific time that they have gone to do this mission there. Uh, other times, God may just relocate you. He may send you to another city. Now, I love you. I hope you don't go, okay? But I'm just saying, uh, God sometimes has a plan, and he wants us to be in a certain place at a certain time to fulfill the plan that he has for us. Uh, I think back to uh, some of the churches that I've served. I've this, uh, this is my third pastorate, and there was a couple of churches I served as a youth pastor, and in every one of those places, I can think of people that God put in that church at that time that helped me out. Praise God for them. All right. Where would I have been had I not had that help? Especially uh, in one place I served where I was really struggling. And I had some people who came alongside me and who were leaders in that church and are no longer going to that church. They've gone, gone elsewhere. And not to the same place. They've gone to a couple of different places. But God had them there for that specific time. Why? Because God had a role for them to fulfill at that time in that place. 
So we've got to be willing uh, to, you remember Philip? We talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, Philip, God says, go stand by that chariot, right? So there's a specific place for him. Go over, that sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, what, preacher, do you think I'm weird? I mean, I don't know if we're going to pray about where I'm going to go stand. Uh, you know, that's just weird. I, preacher, you preachers do stuff like that. We don't do, listen, everybody needs to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, right? What did Philip do? He went and he stood by the chariot as God told him to, and then he entered into conversation. So that specific place can sometimes be very important. Did you know God can take very ordinary places and have them to be his place for us to serve? I, I remember a conversation I had with a fellow. Uh, I was standing on one side of the creek, and he was standing on the other side of the creek. We both had fishing poles in our hands, and I told him about Jesus Christ on the bank with a bunch of smelly fish. Uh, we talked about Jesus. Uh, a number of times, God has, has brought me, there's been a certain place. One time, I was walking across a parking lot, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, go talk to that lady about Jesus Christ. And I did. And I went over there, and I talked to her, had a really good discussion with her. And uh, it's amazing if God's in it, you know, people may, I've, I've had people look at me like I'm weird before. Okay, I probably am. But uh, <laughs> I went, and I didn't get that from her at all. I mean, it, she, God just had prepared her heart. I had a great conversation with her about Jesus. And, um, but, you know, God's place can be any ordinary place, just somewhere God wants us to minister, right? So uh, there have been a few times. I, I try to, uh, this, you, may get, you may feel weird about this. I don't always think about this, okay? But a lot of times I'll pray as I come in, to the sanctuary, I'll say, Lord, who do I need to talk to? And I'll go to a certain area of the sanctuary to talk to. And sometimes I feel like God's given me a divine appointment in that because there's somebody who needs to talk to me, uh, and, and God knows those things. So, um, so rise to God's place. So uh, rising to the challenge, how do you do it? We, we, arise, we need to arise in trust, arise in time, arise to God's place, arise with God's power. Look at verse 40. Peter sent them all out of the room. And he knelt down and prayed. You can't rise with God's power till you kneel to pray. And the kneeling is not the important part. But the prayer is so important. Uh, we must rely upon God. You say, why did Peter need to do that? Isn't this the same Peter? God's power was on him so greatly that when he would walk by people and his shadow would fall on them, they'd be healed. Isn't this the same Peter? Yes, it is. Isn't this the Peter that, he didn't charge money for it, by the way, but he had handkerchiefs that he had touched, and they would take these handkerchiefs to sick people and they'd be healed. Yes, it is the same Peter. But this Peter says, I need to pray. I cannot do what God has called me to do Unless I'm praying to the Lord. He recognized his dependence upon the Lord. Jesus had taught him that, right? Um, I mean, Jesus is the God-man. And yet Jesus often uh, withdrew from ministry. Even when people were saying, hey, we need you, Jesus. Come and heal us. Come and teach us. We need you. Jesus would withdraw. Sometimes he would do it in the dark of the night. The disciples didn't even know where he was. And, and they were trying to look for him. Don't you know people are looking for you? Yes, 
but Jesus withdrew to pray. Another interesting thing about this is Peter didn't call for a public conference in which to have a healing service, right? What did he do? He did the opposite. He sent everybody out of the room. He said, I need to get before God, and I need to pray to the Lord, and uh, only when he had prayed. Now, I kind of wonder if perhaps he asked what God's will was. Now, the people, obviously, they're kind of expecting him to do something, this resurrection kind of thing. They've sent for him even though she's dead. They've sent for him to pray for her. Uh, But perhaps Peter at this point doesn't even know what God's will is. And he, he gets down on his knees and he says, okay, God, what is your desire? Do you want to heal her? You know, I'm convinced that it's presumption to try to, to uh, coerce God to do things that God has not told us that he wants to do. Uh, but, but so Peter, Peter, perhaps he prayed about that. Uh, I think perhaps he prayed and said, Lord, look at all this, this woman has done. She's made all these garments for these widows who are in need. She's ministering. and Everybody is just has been so impacted by her life. Lord, would you give her a few more years? We don't know the content, but can I tell you something? Prayer is where we find out what God wants to do, and prayer is where we get the power to do what God has called us to do. And that can be in your vocation. That can be in home as, as a parent or as a spouse. Uh, that, that can be in any area of life that you want to choose. But we go to God in prayer, and that is where we find the power that we need to do the things that are that are on the agenda for us to do, that God wants us to do. And so uh, Peter does that, and especially in the church, that's where we receive our power. What did Jesus say? You have not because you ask not, right? So sometimes I don't receive things from God simply because I don't ask him. Isn't that a thought? Uh, So make sure you arise with God's power. God called you to do something wonderful. Has God gifted you to do something wonderful? But don't presume that you can do it in your own strength. What did Jesus say? Apart from me, you can do nothing. To rise with God's power, we need to be in prayer. So rising to the challenge, how do we do it? We need to arise in trust, arise in time, arise to God's place, arise with God's power, arise to new life. Verse 40, Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down and prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. Literally, arise. Arise. Get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. I bet there were some tears cried that day, some tears of joy. (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine what that must have been like? All these widows who had been ministered to, and uh, here she is. She's alive. You and I uh, are obviously, if you're here today, it means you're not at the cemetery, right? So we're not talking about, for us, we're not talking about physical resurrection here. Although that will happen someday. If, if Jesus tarries and we die, 
They're not going to hold this body down. When Jesus says, come on up here, uh, this, this uh, is going to be a transformed body that will rise to meet the Lord Jesus in the air. Uh, but we can arise to new life in a couple of different ways while we're here on this earth. One way is to repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when we do that, because Jesus died for our sins and rose again, he paid the price. So God can justly forgive us and give us eternal life. And that life begins the moment we trust in Christ. John 17, 3 says, For this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We come into relationship of knowing Jesus, of knowing the Father, the moment we trust in Christ. And literally, we're brought from death to life. Scripture teaches us that before we're saved, we're dead in our trespasses and and sins. What can dead men do? Nothing. Okay? You say, well, I was walking around before I was saved. Well, I understand that. But you're dead spiritually, right? You can't relate to God until Jesus changes your life. You can't have the power of God upon your life the way he wants you to have it until that salvation has taken place. And so you can arise to new life in terms of repenting and putting your trust in Jesus Christ. But you can also arise to new life as a Christian. You say, well, I'm already alive in Christ. I understand that. But some of you uh, are alive and then some of you are alive, right? Uh, some of you are young, and you don't have a lot of mileage on your joints. And, and, buddy, you can get up, and you can go and do, and you can. You're alive, all right? Some of us uh, older folks, you know, and Philip laughed at me a couple of weeks ago. I got up from the bench over here, and I went, oh, as I stood up. And, you know, you, you begin to not be quite as alive as you used to be. Um, can I tell you something? One of the awesome things about the Lord Jesus is that as God's people, these outer bodies may perish, but our inner man can be renewed day by day. That's what the Scripture teaches. And I can have a new vitality from the Lord. Have you ever been in a spiritual desert or been at the end of yourself spiritually? And you said, Lord, I don't know what I need, but I need something. You know, uh, Please help me. Um, I've been there a number of times where I've just kind of been at the end of myself. Uh, and, and I've said, Lord, I need you to give me whatever it is that I need. I need, I need you to, to raise me up in vitality once more to do your work spiritually. And uh, I, love, uh, I love what uh, the Psalms talk about, uh, that God can renew our youth. As the eagles. The eagle sheds off all his feathers and grows new ones, right? Uh, and uh, he's, he's stronger and he's, he's brought back into this place of being able to, to fly and do the things he needs to do. He's been restored. He's been renewed. Uh, we can arise to new life as we draw near to Christ. What does God promise us? If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, right? You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, my problem is I get in the way, right? Sometimes I am not seeking God with all my heart. Sometimes my heart's not in the right place. 
I, I love uh, the scripture. We talked about this in Sunday school this morning. Jesus said, uh, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't it wonderful to have the Lord Jesus rest? Um, David prayed in Psalm 23, he says, uh, the Lord restores my soul. He restores my soul. I found that every single day that I live, I need to spend time with God. Why? Because I need my soul restored. But there's sometimes I need it worse than others. Sometimes I am in major need. I I need the jumper cable, the spiritual jumper cables hooked up to me because I'm uh, dead on arrival. And I need the Lord to, to give me some spiritual energy and vitality once more. But did you know his, his energy never fails? Um, the, the scripture says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. So we come to the Lord for what we cannot do ourselves. We come to the Lord to renew us and give us vitality once more to keep doing the things of life that he has called us to do. And he is able to do that. Rise up. Rise up. Can you imagine what Aeneas must have thought He's been laying on a sickbed, crippled for eight years. He thinks his life, as far as being highly productive, is pretty much over, right? There's no productivity in my future. There's nothing really that I can do. And then Peter comes, and it's not so much that what Peter's doing, it's what Jesus is doing. Jesus, he says, Jesus heals you, Aeneas. He's not giving up on you. You think you're laid there on that bed. You can't get up. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus has another idea for you. He's healed you. Arise. Get busy doing what God has called you to do. Tabitha, well, she's dead. You can't do anything for a dead person. There's no hope. Tabitha, arise. Aren't you glad that all Jesus has to do is speak a word and he can lift us up? <laughs> I love the psalmist. He lifted me up out of the miry pit and set my feet upon a rock. This is what our God does. He specializes in it. In the cave as he fled from Saul, the scripture says, David encouraged himself in his God. You see, there's a never flowing stream. I love what Jesus said. He said, I'm the water of life. He who believes in me, there'll be a fountain uh, flowing up in him that goes unto eternal life. And there's a never ending supply. Did you know that you cannot tax, you cannot strain the ability of God to give you what you need? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? You can't strain him financially. 
uh, he, he, he is the one who is able to, uh, I like what uh, one psalm says, in their old age they will still be fresh and green. There's hope for me and there's hope for you. Amen? Uh, God, can, God can give us a vitality. God can restore us emotionally. Sometimes people get at their end emotionally, right? Uh, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And our God good. Praise God, there is hope. Listen, I know there's a lot of wicked things going on in our world. I know there's a lot of things to discourage us. But can I tell you something? God's power will not be stayed by the hands of wicked men. His power is still enough, and His presence will still uh, supply all that we need as we come to Him. Arise to new life. Do what God has called you to do. Fulfill the purpose. Rise to the challenge. We look around us everywhere we look, and there are needs. And, and it seems like the needs get greater, right? Uh, there, there's more wickedness. There's more hurt. There's more pain. There's more things to, to minister to. Uh, and, and it's never ending. But can I tell you something? We can rise to the challenge not because we have something in ourselves that we can give, but we can rise to the challenge because our God is with us. And he supplies our need, and he revives us and works through us and uses us for his glory. All Jesus had to do to the winds and the waves was to speak. That's all he has to do to help us. Let's lift our eyes in faith and fulfill the purpose God has for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you can lift us up when we're cast down. Thank you, Father, that there's hope because you have all power and all wisdom. And you promise never to leave us or forsake us. And Father, I especially thank you for the work that Jesus did at the cross. For the price that he paid in, in taking the wrath and justice for my sin. And for the fact that he paid it all. Thank you for the fact that he arose from the dead. And Lord, I pray that today there would be people who, who repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus today and receive that gift of eternal life. 